Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Toole. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. Today, we're talking with Samantha Landy. She is a freelance writer and content creator who most often covers food, family, and healthcare. Her work has appeared in Real Simple, Better Homes and Gardens, Food Network, Midwest Living, and many other national publications. Samantha also creates content for internationally known brands and small businesses. Hi, Samantha. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, us too. So I have to start with how long have you been a freelance writer? I've been a freelance writer for about eight or nine years now. Okay. And how, you know, did you always want to be a journalist or was that something that came about? Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so the answer is yes and no. I was an English major in college because um, University of Michigan does not have a journalism program. So I felt like going the English route um, was a good way to sort of start writing. But as I progressed through college and and career afterwards, um, everyone sort of was like, you're never going to make money being a writer. (laughs) So I put that aside and started to do other things. And it wasn't until I had been out in the workforce working actually in the healthcare world that I eventually made the switch to, uh, to writing. How did you make that switch? In the most random way possible. I, uh, I had been working for a healthcare data firm that was a little bit too quantitative for me. And I was missing that, uh, qualitative part of my life, that creative part of my life that I wasn't getting at my current job. So when, Eater, Eater launched in Chicago. I started reading it. It was, you know, new and cool. And I yeah. sent in a tip to them about a restaurant, a wine bar by my house that was changing to something else. And so I sent in the tip, the editor wrote back, thanks. And I don't know what came over me, but I decided <laughs> to write back and say, do you need writers? And he wrote me back and was pretty much like, who are you? What's, what's your story? Send me published links. And I didn't obviously have any published links, but he said he'd let me, um, you know, send him a couple writing samples. So I, I really put boots to the ground, looked for other things I could send him, friends who maybe, you know, were opening restaurants or knew someone who was and did a couple of writing samples. And, and that's how I got started. Wow. So you really started in culinary, but you also cover family and wellness as well. You know, all of those are really broad topics. So how, what are your favorite type of stories or or preferences? Yeah. So I think I did start in culinary and that was, is mostly what I did in the beginning. When I started to have kids, I felt like, you know, parenting and family stuff was sort of a next, um, next iteration. And then the healthcare stuff, since I had started in healthcare, um, health and wellness sort of made sense for me. I spoke the language I knew, knew what was up. Um, For me though, in general, my favorite stories aren't necessarily, you know, what fits into a broad bucket of topics, but instead um, I love telling stories about people, whether it's a cool business that got started or whether it's sort of more in depth on a chef or being able to, to share information and share stories about um, people and different businesses is, is what I love the best. So the story that sticks out the most is, is actually not the most recent, but okay. um, there was a publication um, in Chicago called Splash that's folded yes, now. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, I started by writing some food stuff for them, but eventually moved on to write cover stories for them. And I was able to write a cover story about um, Miguel Cervantes, who at the time was the lead uh, in Hamilton in Chicago and is now the now plays Hamilton on Broadway. And um, I did a cover story on him. He has a very interesting um, life and background, but I got to do the interview in the dressing room um, where all of his Hamilton costumes were, <laughs> was there for the photo shoot. Um, you know, got to see all the dresses, got to see, you know, see the show and then uh, be face to face with him doing an hour, um, hour interview and then writing the story. So for me, that's wow. definitely super meaningful and, and sticks out for sure. What's something you've learned recently from your research and writing that surprised you? You know, I think that when I first started, um, you know, doing restaurant culinary, um, you know, it was a different type of writing than some of the stuff I'm doing now. And, you know, as you know, in PR, there's been a, an evolution in journalism over and over and over again. Um, so I think really the, right. what surprised me the most is my ability to have that versatility to pick up many different types of writing, whether it's, you know, features or commerce or whatever it is and, and be adaptable in that way. Um, when I first started, I obviously didn't know what I was doing. I had come from a totally different world. Yeah. And now I think, um, you know, I think being thrown into the fire um, has made me really adaptable to all the different types of journalism that is out there now. Yes. What a great skill to have. Yeah. For sure. How do you tend to find your stories? In, in a couple of different ways, I think a lot of my stories originate from things that I may be interested in myself or a trend that I may see, you know, if I'm doing a, a product story and I start to see, you know, a couple snacks that may fit into a category, or I start to see an ingredient that pops up on a menu or, you know, maybe a, you know, a clean beauty or some sort of wellness thing that's going on. Um, a lot of stories come from that. A lot of the family and kids stuff comes from either, you know, being a parent myself or, um, or other parents I know, but yeah, I would say a lot of that, you know, some of them, some of the stories come from relationships with PR people who know my writing and who can come to me and say, Hey, I think this might be something that you're interested in. Yeah. Speaking of PR professionals, how do they help you do your job and what um, pet peeves do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Great question. I, I think that, you know, like I said, the relationships, um, are the key part for me with PR. Um, as you can imagine, my inbox is given that I write across so many different topics. My yes. inbox at any diff- given time can have, you know, thousands of press releases. So for me, that's not always the best way when someone just sends a general press release. Um, you know, right. with the internet, it's obviously not that hard to do five minutes of research on um, on any writer that you're pitching. So for me, a pet peeve would be um, someone reaching out and having zero idea of anything I've covered in the past or, you know, or what I like to cover. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I think that really with PR, my, the best thing for me is, is those relationships that have been built and, and it's sort of a back and forth conversation versus, a you know, here's thousands of words about what you should be interested in when it's just too much for me to keep up on. Yeah. There's, it's not possible to be able to read through all of those emails and do your job. Exactly. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about your career? 
You know what? I love the, I love the flexibility and I love that I can choose, you know, what I want to cover and, and what I don't, of course, there are always assignments that aren't, you know, that are, are less of a favorite than others, but I really, um, my job really allows me to have that flexibility to say, you know what, this is interesting to me. I'm excited to research this and write about it. And if something comes across my desk that I'm not so interested in, I can choose to not cover it. Um, So that's probably my favorite part. What would you say, how many of your stories are assigned versus you pitching to the editors? Yeah, that's a great question. I, it really depends on the month. Um, I would say that I, since I've been doing this for so long, I've been able to develop really good relationships with editors. So I'd say for me, it's probably about, you know, 60, 40, 60% of me pitching and 40% being assigned. Okay. That's still really good considering it's a freelance world and there's a lot of pitching (laughs) being done to editors. Yes. Yes. So who is your inspiration? I find inspiration in a lot of different places. Obviously I'm very grateful for my very first editor at Eater for taking a chance on me. Um, he is still freelancing, um, as a writer himself now, but the fact that he was like, okay, she, you know, she hasn't written, but I'm going to give her a chance that has always been, you know, someone I've looked up to, but I think I find inspiration all over inspiration in other people's writing inspiration in, you know, various topics or stories that I tell too. Yeah. And you've recently started writing for Midwest living. What have you learned about that outlet? You know, for me, Midwest Living is such a natural fit. Um, yeah. it's, it's funny to me that I hadn't written for them uh, prior to this. I'm from Michigan originally. My husband's from Indianapolis. We live in Chicago. I mean, we, 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 Midwest, Midwest. through and through, right? Yes, yes. Um, yes, we do. And, and I, um, I had taken, I, you know, someone had put a call out for pitches for Midwest Living print. And it took about a year and a half for the story to co- go from pitch to, um, to print. Wow. And yeah. so, yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's sometimes some of the coolest places to travel and do things are, are really in your backyard. And it's been nice for me to start exploring some of the places closer to where I live. Yeah. Are you doing more travel type stories for them? Yes. So, um, so the very first story I did for them was actually about a, uh, Indianapolis, um, Western suit designer. And that's actually in the, um, issue that is currently out. Um, and yeah, and so now I'm starting to do a couple of things online because the turnaround is a little bit quicker, um, you know, while we wait for, for print, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm currently working on a ice cream story for them. Um, and I just did a story for them about six, uh, shows that are coming to Chicago, Uh, theater shows that you should see um, this summer. Love that. So any trends that you are noticing in the industry in general? Yeah, I I mean, it's, there's no surprise that, you know, people are really focused on commerce and product and have been for a while. Um, It seems that the pendulum really swung over with the affiliate marketing, but also now I think a lot of the publications are starting to go back to testing their own product and making and, and taking a stand of, you know, mm-hmm. here's what we think you should buy based on our expertise and what we've tested versus like, here's what you should buy because, you know, because the reviews are good or because, you know, we say so. So I think that they're starting to go back to backing up some of those recommendations with actual product testing. Yeah, that's great to know because that was going to be what I was going to talk to you about next because there is so much 
in the affiliate marketing world that as PR professionals, we wonder too, like, can we even get coverage for products or destinations or things if there's not, you know, a 30% commission on the, on the e-commerce side, that's going to go to the publication. I know. And you know what, that's really tough as a, as a journalist too, because uh, of course, uh, over everything, I would love to support a small business. I want to tell a cool story or find a, you know, a great destination or a fun product that isn't, um, that isn't necessarily, you know, affiliate, affiliate doesn't matter to me. Um, I guess the short answer is it depends on the publication, some of them will let you, you know, have a couple of them in there as long as the majority is affiliate and others will say, you know, there's a product that's similar that has a better affiliate, we're gonna replace it. So mm-hmm. it really depends on the publication, but I'm, I'm sort of in the same camp as you. Like I want, you know, I want the best story, the best destination, whatever it may be, regardless of affiliate, but that's just not the world we live in. Yeah, do you have to tell them that information about the affiliate or do they, usually do you usually not know that side and they look it up on their end yeah so a little bit of both I you know there's usually it's you know some of the bigger websites like Amazon and um you know and Williams-Sonoma things like that they have good affiliate and we generally know the stores um that have the the good affiliate but not necessarily brand per brand so if it's like you know brand website that information I wouldn't know they would know more on their side but you know, generally Amazon, Etsy, Williams, Sonoma, those kind of bigger box stores, um, yeah. you know, are the sort of the general rule of, um, of knowing that they would have an affiliate. Yeah. What do you hope the future holds for you professionally? Oh man. Uh, such a tough question. I, you know, I want to continue to tell stories. I think a lot of features have fallen to the wayside to make room for some of this, um, more commerce stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I do miss, I miss the deeper dives. I miss the features. I know that online people have, you know, less of, um, they don't want to spend their time reading thousands of words, but I do really miss digging into um, those deeper dive stories. And I do hope that at some point in time, um, you know, things sort of level out and, and there will be more of those to be had. Yeah. Before we go, I have to ask a little bit personally. I know you live in Chicago, have two sons. What do you like to do in your free time? <laughs> what free time? <laughs> I know. That was kind of, that was the way, <laughs> what I kind of meant by that. That's right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the nice thing is my boys are both great eaters. When I, when my oldest was born, I was still writing for eater and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I love going to restaurants. I'm going to have kids. They're going to only want to eat chicken tenders. What am I going to do? But luckily um, both of my boys pretty much eat anything. So we can go wherever to eat, even with them, which has been um, really nice and, you know, sort of love to explore restaurants as a family and, and travel and all of those things. But, you know, if I'm being honest, most of my life is spent on a baseball field. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And and writing, working in baseball field. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. This has been very inspiring to learn more about you. How can listeners connect with you online? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Samantha Landy and on Twitter at the Petite Filet. And I also, um, I launched a newsletter about six, uh, six months ago where I share most of my story ideas, recently published work and some other thoughts I have. Um, and we can add that link into, uh, into the show notes so you can see that as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. 
That's all for this episode of Media and Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.